Welcome to another informative episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. Hi, I'm Dawn Ringrose. I'm Principal of Organizational Excellence Specialists, headquartered in Canada. I'm a particularly big fan of excellence models. They provide a much more robust umbrella that is comprised of best management practices that are common to high-performing organizations. No Harm is the podcast for health and safety professionals like you. We're here to help you sharpen your professional skills and better understand emerging issues. For example, in the area of governance, an organization has to meet legal, financial, ethical, and reporting obligations. We see there's a touch point there with health and safety, doing what's right for your employees and doing what's right for your visitors. That excellence fire has started burning in a department and when the rest of the organization is curious about what's going on and why they're getting such great results, it uh, is adopted to become part of the way the whole organization works. Sounds like a great topic. Let's get started. Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. I'm your host, Marvin Polis. On this episode, I wanted to get into a really interesting topic, and that's how health and safety professionals can really gain the respect and the attention of the executives in their organization to help get their message heard and help get their programs implemented. So I'm bringing you a guest today from the west coast of Canada. She's over there on Vancouver Island. Well, I'm on the other side of the Rocky Mountains today. I'm in Alberta. And our guest is Dawn Ringrose. She's the principal of Organizational Excellence Specialists in Canada. And she specializes in improving the performance of organizations, which is, you know, it's a really worthy topic. Thanks for joining us, Dawn. Pleased to be here, Marvin. Dawn, tell me a little bit more about what you do. Well, for the last 30 years, I've worked with organizations to improve their performance. And about six years ago, I decided to capture everything I had learned and everything I thought worked really well in a publication. And uh, along with that publication, I developed an accompanying toolkit with with workshops and uh, an automated assessment tool and, and so forth that would help make that excellence journey a little bit easier for organizations. So... In the last six years, I've, in addition to continuing to work with clients on improving organizational performance, I've really been rolling up my sleeves so that I could transfer knowledge to other professionals so they could benefit by using this knowledge in their work and getting great results with their organizations and or clients. Wow, that's fantastic. Now, tell me a a little bit of advice on how you feel health and safety professionals can encourage excellence within their organizations. Well, there's a lot of approaches and tools and techniques. We find approaches such as as ISO are available to us, the various ISO standards. But I'm a particularly big fan of excellence models. They provide a much more robust umbrella that is comprised of best management practices that are common to high-performing organizations. And having knowledge about an excellence model and how you can implement these practices to improve the performance of an organization is uh, is really quite an asset. Uh, it's a great tool to have in your toolkit. Give me a little bit more background here then. What do you mean by an excellence model? Back in ni- the late 1980s and early 1990s, there were various jurisdictions around the world that did research on what was common to high-performing organizations. And at that time, there were four excellence models developed, EFQM in Europe, Baldridge in the United States, the Canadian framework here in Canada, 
and the Australian Business Excellence Framework, you know, of course, in Australia. And since that time, these models have evolved and they've been validated by over 20 years of research now. And what I did uh, six years ago was I integrated all of this information so that we had it in one place. And I added to the definition of those best management practices. I've added implementation guidelines that are used by seasoned management consultants to put these practices in place. That was something that was missing from the literature and I thought should be added. And that's really formed the foundation for the rest of the work that uh, I've, I've done in terms of developing a toolkit and putting it in the hands of other professionals that wish to use it. So just so I'm clear here, are you advocating using one specific excellence model or have, have you brought together multiple models into, into one place and kind of meshed them together, so to speak? Well, first and foremost, I think the excellence models that are used around the world today are all very good. But I, I do feel that the integrated model that brings all of the practices together under one roof is an asset. And I think the, the gap that there was previously no implementation guidelines for the user, I think that that gap having been filled is advantageous as well, because there's instructions there on how to put these best management practices in place. Before, it, it was just really up to the user to figure it out. And I wanted to change that, you know, I wanted to make it more simple and straightforward for organizations to improve their performance and for the professionals that are working within the organizations or with a variety of organizations in the instance of consultants, I wanted to make it easier for them too. Are you saying then that these, uh, these best management practices are practices that could be applied to various parts of any organization, including HSE? Oh yes, the the best management practices they fall into into key management areas that are they're common uh, business terms that we use to describe certain functional areas in the organization. You know, there's governance and leadership and uh, planning and employees uh, as an example. Okay, so you're saying that the executive office is often thinking and managing in these terms. Therefore, folks who are working in various departments should learn the lingo, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. You'll never get the attention of the C-suite unless you can speak their language. You know, and their language is all about strategy and performance measurement and profitability or return on investment. If you take a look through an excellence model and the various key management areas, you see the touch points for health and safety. Uh, for example, in, in the area of governance, an organization has to meet legal, financial, ethical, and reporting obligations. We see there's a touch point there with health and safety, doing what's right for your employees and doing what's right for your visitors. Okay, so if I'm already in an HSE position working for a major corporation, is it likely then that they would be already using one of these models? No, the surprising thing is global research has told us, even though these excellence models have been around for over 20 years, uh, and there's lots of validation of organizations using them getting exceptional results, it's still a pretty well-kept secret. And the global research tells us that 10% of the working population knows about excellence models. And I find that's true here at home in Canada and abroad. And it doesn't matter what audience I'm speaking to or working with, the statistics hold up. 
Okay, so that's interesting. So you're saying I might be working for an organization that has not actually adopted an excellence model, but I could really grab the bull by the horn, so to speak, and adopt one on behalf of my HSE department, and then take that philosophy up the ladder to the executive suite. Absolutely. And that's uh, happened with various organizations I've worked with over time. That excellence fire has started burning in a department. And when the rest of the organization is curious about what's going on and why they're getting such great results, it uh, is adopted to become part of the way the whole organization works. So I guess it's a, a really professional way of presenting your health and safety initiatives and and metrics and results. Oh, absolutely. And it follows some of the same approaches, you know, something that we call the plan, do, study, act cycle, for example, in the world of quality or excellence, where you plan what you do, you do what you've planned, you study it in terms of your measurement results, and then you act on those results so that you can continually improve. Well, the same thing holds true. If you're looking at health and safety program, or you're looking at an excellence model as a a system or the way an organization operates, it follows the same sort of continuous improvement process. Very, very interesting. Now, Don, I know that you are a member of several organizations, the Global Benchmarking Network and the Organizational Excellence Technical Committee. Can you tell me what you've learned from these organizations and what you've contributed to these organizations that can really help our listeners? Well, yes, at the Global Benchmarking Network, what we do there is we try to educate others about benchmarking. Uh, we know that uh, improvement in organizations, you know, 95% of improvement will come from people doing the work. You know, their great ideas and suggestions and making changes that will result in improvement. But about 5% of improvement will come from looking outside the organization at other high-performing organizations that are particularly good in, in certain areas. So that extra little bit of improvement can be captured by looking outside. The Global Benchmarking Network has an annual conference in a different country each year where organizations compete for the Global Benchmarking Award. And these are all organizations that are doing a really good job in, in this respect of learning from others. The Organizational Excellence Technical Committee is a committee with representatives from around the world that represent various excellence models. And I represent Canada on on the committee. And we like to just learn and share information so that everybody's kept up to date on all the good work that's being done around the world. And a particular project we just launched uh, in the last couple of years was the first global assessment on the current state of organizational excellence. And this committee asked if they could use my automated assessment tool to do this work. And we're going to be sharing a report at the end of the day that shows the extent to which organizations are characterized by a culture of excellence and have deployed the best management practices that are in the excellence model. And we're going to be showing these results by organization size, industry sector, and country. And this will be very valuable information for uh, health and safety professionals to be able to take a look at how other organizations are doing in comparison to themselves. And they can look at those various touch points that exist within an excellence model that are particularly relevant to health and safety. And as I glance through the practices in an excellence model, there's 
there's quite a few touch points. You know, there's probably uh, 20 or so practices that are directly relevant to health and safety. Yeah, sounds very deep, actually. And, you know, this whole topic of excellence and excellent models is indeed very deep and, uh, you know, a lot to get into. You did mention that you do have a publication on the topic. So for those of our listeners who do want to do a deep dive and learn more about this and how it can help them gain better traction for their health and safety programs and environment programs too, of course, tell us about the publication and where they can get their hands on it. Well, the publication is titled The Organizational Excellence Framework. It's about 240 pages in length. And what it does is it defines these best management practices and principles that are common to high-performing organizations. It provides implementation guidelines for the practices, and it discusses the interrelationships that exist between the practices and the and the principles. It, it has several appendices uh, in it that share the assessment methodology and improvement planning methodology that, that we use. And it's downloadable on the homepage of our website, organizationalexcellencespecialist.ca at no charge. And it's available in both English and Spanish. So it's a free download. Well, that's very generous of you, Don. Well, you know, it's my, this uh, world of excellence is my absolute passion. And because that awareness is so low out there in the world, I really wanted to try to do my bit in terms of making a difference. And so I've made the publication downloadable at no charge. I want people to use it. I want them to benefit by it. And I hope that it makes differences to organizations at the end of the day. And in the case of HSC, genuinely, lives can be saved by understanding how to use these principles and making one's organization more effective. Well, thank you very much, Don. This has been a fantastic interview, learning about a topic that I know we can all stand to learn more about. So I'll encourage our listeners to go to your website and to download this excellent publication. Again, what's that website address? organizationalexcellencespecialist.ca. Again, thanks, Don. It's been my pleasure, Marvin. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. Before we sign off, I'd like to mention some other news. My team is piloting a new service to help municipalities, corporations, and associations crowdsource solutions to their business and industrial problems. So if you have a problem looking for a solution, you may want to shout it out at shoutmyproblem.com. As for the podcast, be sure to join us next time. And a reminder that you can subscribe to us for free on SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The No Harm Health and Safety Podcast is a production of Stimulant Strategies and Media Productions. You can learn more about us at stimulant.ca. All the best, everyone, and stay safe.